Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Assalamualaikum and what's up guys? Welcome to the very first episode of the Daily Sisters. The pod all about our daily life and all about you. Today we're t- talking an in-depth look at movies. But before that, our podcast will be recorded separately between four of us due to poor internet connection. Uh, if we're doing it together, you we're going to talk and trust me, we've tested it and it doesn't work. So, but... Just bear with us and have fun with all the interesting stories we are going to share with all of you. So, without further ado, uh, I am one of the four daily sisters. I'm Shamila. You can just call me Shami. I am just 20 years old and I love movies so much. Especially during this COVID-19 season. But first, we, the daily sisters, love to hear opinions from our listener. Therefore, your story is our story and vice versa. We love to hear from you. There are four questions, lucky questions from the audiences we will share in this episode. So the lucky first one is underrated and overrated movies. So talking about underrated and overrated movies, it, it is a sure bet that one, re- one reviewer's high praise is another reviewer's overpraise. So I fully own the subjective nature of this list. Nevertheless, as a film critic, who sort of believes in objective reality. I compiled this roster of movies I think got far too much love from my critical colleagues because I suspect I may not be alone. The films, by definition of their being here, have their avid fans and defenders, but maybe they've got their detractors too. At any rate, they've certainly had their praises sung, so I figured it was time to toast a few raspberries into the bouquet of Hosannas. There's nothing more there's ma- nothing more pretentious than claiming something is overrated. Art is actually subjective, which makes the act of declaring one thing less deserving of claim over another thing futile and silly. People like what they like and if enough people like a certain thing, it becomes popular. Simple as that. On the flip side of that, trying to determine what is and what isn't underrated is a tricky proposition. The entire concept is nebulous and hard to pin down because a film could be critically revered but underseen and still be considered underrated or vice versa. Hugely successful but have a lukewarm reception. The goal of this list is twofold. To knock a couple of unworthy so-called classics off, off their pedestal and replace them with what we believe to be films of equal quality that aren't as well known or as beloved. So, my list is as follows. I will just give you my top 2 underrated movies and top 2 overrated movies. So, the first one is, we go through the overrated movies first. So, for the number 2 overrated movies is Forrest Gump. The 20th anniversary of the release of Forrest Gump is upon us this year. And it appears that people still live this still love the film as much as ever. Some gush with appreciation for the simple man that is Forrest and his understanding of the world. Some describe this film as a drama. Some describe it as a romance or even as comedy. Whichever way you look at it, Forrest Gump is a classic piece of American cinema. Kind of. Dissect the film and delve into its story, characters and overall themes and Forrest Gump becomes truly overrated, especially when compared to its cinematic peers. The story of Forrest Gump begins with the title character sitting on a park bench, telling his life story to passers-by. His story intersects with numerous people, movements, and even through and events throughout United States history from the mid to late 20th century. According to Forrest, he personally met numerous U.S. presidents such as John F. Kennedy, Lyndon B. Johnson, and Richard Nixon, as well as Elvis Presley, who got his legendary dance moves from Forrest. As the film progresses, we see a multitude of U.S. popular culture and not to musicians, consumer products, and events. It is these American pop culture references that seem to resonate the most with people. There is wit to the screenplay, with lines that reference Forrest becoming invested with some fruit company, app computers, as well as calling the police and reporting flashlights in the windows of a neighboring building that are keeping him awake. 
even his on again off again girlfriend jenny who also doubles as one of the most unlikable characters in film history is intrinsically intrinsically linked to u.s history and pop culture she mentions wanting to be a singer like john bass when lo and behold there's a john bass poster on the wall above her bed in the same shot eventually she becomes a nude folk singer at a club where she goes by the name bobby dylan essentially forrest gump is one giant in joke that mostly everyone is a part of okay for number one underrated over overrated movies is breakfast at tiffany's let's get this out of the way immediately audrey hepburn while good in the role is severely miscast as holy glightly it was written for marilyn monroe and although hepburn is a much better actress she could never tap into the darkness that monroe had to fight to keep back having said that it isn't her performance that makes this film overrated nor is it the terribly offensive mickey rooney in yellow face no it's the love story that the film is built around in that it doesn't work for the woman in the audience they are wondering what holy sees in a walking talking wet blanket named paul and the man and anyone else with functioning eyes is yelling at him to get the out of dodge holy is a severely unlikable character and i would go so far as to say she was she is one of the most unlikable characters ever created and if you look up to or identify with her you might be crazy breakfast at tiffany's is a female version of fight club if you meet a woman and she has this film's poster hanging on her wall you immediately know everything you need to know about her which is to run away okay that is for the overrated now we're moving on to the top two my top two underrated movies of critics and reviews so my number two is the imitation game uh the background story is begins in 1941 when europe is in the clutches of nazi germany in britain air raids have become a way of life and thousands of soldiers are dying on the battlefield to fight its enemies the british government recruits the country's best mathematicians and scientists to help break the code for the enigma a machine the germans used to send instructions to their military personnel enter alan turing benedict cumberbatch a cambridge educated cryptologist who with a team of mathematicians including the pioneering joan clark uh, one of the very few women on the project sets out to crack enigma and secrets but turing holds a secret of his own he is gay and he may be attacked by spears in the government for that fact Without question, Cumberbatch is up to the task of bringing to life a complicated, brilliant man. Turing is multi-dimensional. His emotional depth is layered. He is by far the best part of this enjoyable, if not film. As entertainment, the imitation game has loads to recommend it. It's paced well, features strong performance from the ensemble, and does a fine enough job of explaining the ideas behind cryptology. But history buffs will know that it's a condensation and that the filmmakers have been liberal with their shortcuts. Bletchley Park, where the Enigma code was broken, had dozens of code breakers toiling on the project, not the handful shown here. Turing's achievement can't be boiled down to one cinematic moment as they are here. It would have been better if the movie had attempted to show the project's elaborateness rather than simplifying it for the screen and his hidden homosexuality is given a rather superficial study its impact on his life hurry in the final act still cumberbatch deserves all the praise that he'll no doubt reap he is fantastic okay the number one underrated movie is inside out the background of the story is when the baby riley is born to her loving parents so is her first emotion joy who soon joined by sadness anger fear and disgust in inside out The Quintet live and work in headquarters, aka the HQ, the part of Riley's brain that experiences feelings and makes memories. With Joy as a leader, the group helps their girl through the toddlerhood and childhood, but everything changes when 11-year-old Riley and her parents move from Minnesota to San Francisco after her dad gets a new job. As Riley tries to cope with a new house, a new school, and her parents increase stress, things get out of control back at the HQ. 
sadness and joy tussle over ideas, core memories and end up getting sucked into long-term storage. Inside of it is actually a creative, clever, heartfelt and beautifully animated. It's designed to join the ranks of Pixar's best movies. The ones that have dazzled us with something we've truly never seen before. Not only is it inside out an engaging and lengthy inventive adventure with strong themes of friendship and acceptance, but it has real potential to help kids and parents navigate the powerful emotions that come with growing up. Kids who might not be able to put their increasingly complex feelings into words could use Riley's experiences for context. And parents will be reminded that asking kids to put on a happy face when you don't really feel it can lead to unintended pressure and worry. All of that isn't meant to suggest that Insider is overly serious or a downer. Absolutely not. It's filled with moments of hilarity and unbridled imagination as well as warm nostalgia for childhood innocence and inventiveness. These emotions are all perfectly cast. Joy's relentless optimism and can-do spirit make her a kindred spirit to Paulus' beloved Leslie Nook on Parks and Recreation and Smith, who played Phyllis in the US version of The Office, is a good counterpoint as sadness. Inside Out is just as much about Joy's journey as it Riley's. It isn't until Joy truly understands that the other emotions have important roles to play too, that she becomes the leader that all of them, Riley included, really need. As Joy learns, happiness is all happiness is all the more meaningful when you've also experienced defeat, loss, or loneliness. That truth is a large part of what makes Pixar's best movie so powerful. Okay, so all of these are based on my personal experience with movies. Maybe all of you have different ideas about what is underrated and overrated. Everyone have their personal favorite, and this is mine so um background story of mine is my family and i are actually a movie watcher and watching a movie is like having leisure time with my with them and every time i watch movie here in ukm i always remember and eventually miss them there was time we accidentally late to go for our movie at the cinema and i'm the one who led my family to to go to which room we need to go i didn't see actually the number on the ticket clearly and we just like entered the room and actually there's already people sat on our seats but we don't want to fight we just keep calm and sit at other empty chairs when we started to watch the movie it was like a chinese movie instead of a karate kid movie we were like speechless and i rashly read our tickets back and i was shocked because i actually uh, read the number of our seat number instead of the room number so we i told my family and we run to the actual room and we like skip the early 15 minutes of the film and till now i actually didn't know what happened at the starting of the karate kid film and my advice to all of you is uh, please read your movie tickets correctly so that you don't waste your 15 minutes of time or 15 minutes of money so um I, okay, uh, other than that, uh, my experience, I would like to share about my favorite movies. My favorite movie is actually Shrek. Uh, it's DreamWorks Pictures, wonderful, whimsical. Uh, it's proved to be the latest family film to live up to its billing with its blend of high adventure, light romance, and any double-layered dialogue. Shrek is capable of entrailing both children and their parents. In fact, this movie is so good that adults like me and accompanied by offspring can venture into a theater without having to dress up in a disguise. Shrek is not a guilty pleasure for sophisticated moviegoers. It is purely and simply a pleasure. When it comes to computer-generated motion pictures, Shrek has once more raised the bar. And this one was already at an impressively high level in the wake of Toy Story 2 and Dinosaur. Yet Shrek outshines them both boasting the most impressive detail and most amazingly rendered creatures of any motion pictures in its class. And although the human beings still don't look entirely realistic, they're getting close. In fact, this is the first major computer animated film in which human beings have had a significant role, and their appearance is such that we have no more trouble accepting them than we do in traditional animated fare. Strike is essentially Beauty and the Beast with a few clever twists. 
in a quirky, irreverent way that views fairy tales and their conventions. It's not unlike The Princess Bride. Fans of those two stories will find much to like here. And both kids and adults can play a game of guess how many famous faces we can see. There are certainly a large number of cameos. Pinocchio, Snow White, Seven Dwarfs, Cinderella, The Big Bad Wolf, The Three Little Pigs, The Gingerbread Man, The Three Blind Mice, The Mirror, and many others. Many of Shrek's funniest lines uh, will go over younger viewers' heads, but there are still plenty that won't. That won't. The screenplay was obviously written with all age groups in mind. Shrek is not on such a lofty plane that children will feel as if they are missing something, but it isn't optimized in a way that will insult the intelligence of older viewers. So as impressive as the visuals are, and they are very impressive, Shrek wouldn't be the movie it is without a quartet of effective vocal performances. As this kind of animation becomes more prevalent, the importance of choosing the right voices will need equal care and attention. Voices help to define the characters and a bad choice can do irreparable damage. Just as not all silent stars are suitable for talkie roles, so not all live-action actors can do vocal performances. Fortunately, Shrek has four capable actors. First and foremost is Mike Myers, who is known as the vocal chameleon. Without seeing his name in the opening credits, you never know it was him. John Lithgow plays Farquaad as nasty and short-sighted but not really evil, which makes a pleasant change from the usual animated villain. Eddie Murphy shows that a real comic genius can get laughs without relying on his own facial expressions and body language. Murphy's donkey is one of the funniest characters he has brought to the screen. Finally, Cameron Diaz, princess, is equal parts sugar and vinegar. She believes in true love and Prince Charming, but like her child's angel's alter ego, she is not afraid to do a little metric style butt kicking. The interplay between Shrek and Princess Fiona is sweet and tender. While the exchanges between the auger and the S are and the S are often barbed and subversively funny, like the Princess Bride, Shrek breaks with convention, but not so far that viewers will be put off by it. And while there is a happy ending, it is not necessarily the conclusion that many people will be expecting. First time co-directors Andrew Adamson, Adamson and Vicky Jensen um, have crafted a movie to be proud of and one that will hopefully receive a lot of attention even during the crowded summer season. Shrek is easily one of the least most magical experiences and my most, the best favorite movie and actually uh that's it from me uh now i'll pass the mic to my sister afika hi everyone my name is afika and i am one of the hosts for this podcast channel i hope you guys will enjoy the things i'm about to share and i'm going to start by answering one of the questions submitted by our listeners through the google forms that we have distributed and the question asks where do people get inspiration to create their own movies? Hmm, interesting. I'm not a movie creator myself, so I've done a few research for me to be able to answer the quest- this question. And apparently, there's a lot of ways on how people can get their inspiration from. First of all, it can be based on real-life events such as love stories to even stories about serial killers. For example, there's this Netflix movie called Extremely Wicked, Shockingly Evil and Vile, starring Zac Efron, who plays the infamous and notorious serial killer Ted Bundy. Personally, I enjoyed that movie and a lot of people enjoyed that movie too. So these movie creators, they can take anything that has happened in real life, anything interesting, and make it into a movie so that a lot of people can enjoy watching it together on the big screen. Secondly, inspiration can also come from their personal life experience. I think we all know that some people, they use art as a form to express themselves, such as dancing, writing songs, writing stories, or even drawing. And in my opinion, I think Making a movie is also a form of art. So these movie creators, they can take anything interesting that has happened in their life before, tweak it a little bit here and there to make it more interesting and make it into a movie so that they can share it with us. 
the viewers. Other than that, our imagination is also of a form of inspiration. Our imagination, our imagination is limitless. If we only limit our imagination to the things that can happen in the reality, to the thing, to the things that we think uh, only possible happening in real life, then I don't think we will ever have the chance to witness the great universe of Harry Potter, Star Wars, Maze Runner, and many more science fiction and fantasy alternate universe that we see today. At the same time, inspiration can actually come from anywhere else, honestly. Whenever we talk about getting inspiration, I don't think this concept and this question only applies to movie creators but also to artists, authors, songwriters, choreographers, and many more. Personally, for me, I am not a movie creator, but I occasionally write sometimes and edit videos. Usually for me, I get inspiration from simple things such as uh, a tweet from Twitter or from the songs that I've been listening to. Whenever I get this inspiration, I have this sudden urge or feeling to uh, make it into a content such as stories and edits. So whenever I make this content, I want to share it with everyone else and see their reaction. It's it's fun seeing people's reaction to the things that you created. It's such a great feeling, honestly. So you might be surprised on how people got their inspiration sometimes. Because uh, you might not even expect that they get their inspiration in such way. So I hope uh, this answers uh, the question. Moving on to the next thing I'm going to talk about. It's about comfort characters. According to the Google Forms that we have distributed, um, apparently not a lot of people actually know what's a comfort character. So I'm going to talk about it in this episode. As the name suggests, comfort character is a fictional character that you find comfort in. This is mainly because you identify yourself with the characters, you see yourself in the character and that brings a lot of comfort to you. You also wish that you can hang out with them in real life because of how much peace and comfort they make you feel and it's kind of sad that they do not exist in real life. Uh, based on my observations, my friends who have comfort characters, they say that their comfort characters literally have helped them through rough and dark times in their life. Uh, their comfort characters even help them get through their panic attacks. Whenever they think about their comfort characters, it just brings them a lot of comfort. So that's how impactful these comfort characters can be in someone's life. Personally for me, my comfort character is Spencer Reed from Criminal Minds. It is not a secret, I talk about him 24-7 because of how happy he makes me feel. Some people might think that I'm obsessed but I could not care less because he makes me happy and I'm going to do whatever that makes me feel happy. Whenever I have a rough day, I can just go to YouTube and watch a clip of him and that makes me feel instantly better. I can't really explain why but just watching him makes me feel happy and that also applies to everyone who has comfort character. These comfort characters are so powerful and impactful. This hyperfixation that we have with fictional characters is understandable and people who do not feel the same way should not uh, make fun of us or find it weird because these fictional characters literally help us with our mental health and bring us a sense of comfort that no people in, in real life could mainly because we have trust issues with, uh, with people in real life and these characters, these comfort characters, they are literally fictional. So there's nothing that they can do to break that trust, which makes it easier for us to find comfort in. 
if you don't have a comfort character i suggest you go watch any movies or tv shows and find yourself a comfort character because let me tell you it's honestly a great uh, feeling to have a comfort character i i can't explain it in words on how much my comfort characters have made me happy so i'm here are some of the comfort characters that our listeners uh, listed Katniss Everdeen from Hunger Games, Dominique Toretto from Fast and Furious, Four from Divergent, Scarlet Witch from Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU, and Cinderella. So these comfort characters can literally be uh, any fictional characters. Even Nemo from Finding Nemo can be your comfort characters. I recommend having a comfort character 10 out of 10. 10 out of 10 really great experience so yeah please find yourself a comfort character maybe it can help uh, with your mental health but of course when it comes to mental health please do not only rely on uh, fictional character go get professional help to make you feel better and before i end my part i will talk about movies that our listeners want us to talk about and i've chosen to talk about marvel movies because I am also a big fan of the franchise itself. I cried when Tony Stark died. Tony Stark is one of my comfort characters. I have a lot of comfort characters and that's normal. When he died, it is very heart-wrenching and heartbreaking. Uh, I don't think I have accepted the reality that he is gone from the universe, from Marvel Cinematic Universe. So. For me, what makes uh, the franchise, Marvel Cinematic Universe or MCU enjoyable and have so many fans is due to the fact that <coughs> most of the main characters, they have their own movies and plot. So we already feel connected to them. Uh, in Endgame and Infinity War, we did not see Spider-Man or Doctor Strange or Black Panther for the first time. We have seen them before in their own movies. and. What is and what interesting about the movies released before Infinity War and Endgame is that uh, Marvel they have they have this one strategy that they use, which is they put Easter eggs in their current releases as hints to as hints are uh, about their future project. So this is what they do with the movies that are releases that are released uh, before Infinity War and Endgame. They put these Easter eggs and fans will become so obsessed and and invested in the easter eggs that uh, they will use it to make uh, possible theories on what uh, the future project that marvel would do literally almost everyone i know was anticipating it and they really enjoy the easter eggs and the possible theories that fans have come up now that Thanos is gone I am interested to see the new villain will have and I'm sure a lot of people feel the same way. So yeah, that's my opinion on Marvel Cinematic Universe. It's such it is such a great uh universe, makes a lot of people feel happy. So um that's all for me. I hope you guys enjoy my sharing as much as I enjoy talking about it. I wish I can talk more about Marvel Cinematic Universe and comfort characters, but Due to time constraint, uh, I really can't. So I hope we can see in the next episode. And the next part will be handled by my friend Nabila. That's all for me. Bye. Someone asked me in the Google form on what would be the most demanded movie genre of all times. And I was like, yeah, bro. I never kind of wondered about that because I've watched over like various movie genres. So the most demanded or the most popular movie genre didn't matter to me at all until this question came along. It made me think hard and after giving some thoughts on it, I would say that it actually depends on the movie itself. If you like a movie, then you would probably love the genre at the moment. But let's be real, we watch tons of movies in a week or for some people in a day and we just don't stick to one genre, right? So being the curious me, I kind of did some research regarding the question and 
voila. The most demanded movie genre of all times would be... Drumroll! Congratulations to Adventure! Alright, please, please ignore that. I'm just being dramatic. Alright, so... Either we realize it or not, actually, most of adventure movies are constantly rated as box offices. We may know that certain movies are box offices or are top-crossing films worldwide, but we never knew that they were adventure in genre because we are to consume on one specific genre from a movie. For instance, we have movies like The, Ave- the Avengers, Jurassic World, Fantastic Beasts, Jumanji, Maleficent, and many more. Yes, they are all my favorite movies actually, so that's why I'm mentioning them based on my research. But there's actually a whole lot more, okay, so don't worry. Then like one minute after my discovery, I was like legit questioning myself. Are they all are they like all for real in the same genre? Because I would always come to the movies for different reasons, I would say. I watched the Avengers for their actions, Fantastic Beasts for the fantasy, Jumanji for the comedy, and Maleficent for Angelina Jolie. <laughs> okay, no, I'm just kidding. I love Maleficent. I I love Maleficent's uh, all of Maleficent movies because they highlight a lot on family on family values. Basically, they all have their own sequels, and I've watched th- them all. Like the Avengers, for example, from the first movie to the end game, and believe it and believe me or not, I've even watched their movie branches like Iron Man, Captain Marvel, Black Panther, and a lot more. Oh my God, I just suddenly realized on how much I've been spending my time on movies like my whole life. Okay, so I think I would say that I've even watched the first Jumanji movie though. It was released in 1995. I wasn't even born yet in 1995. Alright, so after digesting and analyzing the results from my research, they all really are from the same boot, which is the adventure boot. Adventures are their real deal aside from added comedy elements with some sprinkle of actions and a tinge of romance. All those elements together shape them as a remarkable adventure movie. Likewise, that is how life works, isn't it? Okay, suddenly, like, life talk. Alright, I just want to highlight on things a bit. So, yeah, every single human on Earth would feel every bit of emotions in life, just like how movie characters felt in the movies through the adventure. As a matter of fact, movies are made or inspired from real-life incidents. There are joyful days, there would be bad days, and there would be days when you're anxious of things, or even days when you're madly in love. That's just how life works, right? It's an adventure, and there are more life adventures, and there are more life adventures that await you in the future. You're going to experience heartbreak, happiness, and a whole lot more. Those are moments that will shape life into a beautiful nature. Can you imagine life without those element mixture? So, um, I'm gonna give you an example. Uh, a best friend of mine said, like, just imagine if everyone have ten million dollars each one day, like if that happens one day, would you think that the world now is as how it's gonna be today? Do you think there's gonna be people working when they are rich themselves? Do you think that there are food to be sold at markets or phones to be sold at stores? I guess it would be a big no. So in order to live a complete life, every soul needs to experience bits and pieces of life. That's just how life is. Everyone's not going to be happy 24-7. There are bad days just like in the movies. Though the movie portrayed the heroes or heroines fighting against monsters, for example, just just don't take the action part into mind. Don't, just don't take like the action part only into mind, okay? So it's how the character deals with their problems that matters the most. Like, how good is it to be applied in real life? For example, when you're dealing with unfavorable colleagues at work, how do you react to it? There are things that we should take into account. There are things that we should take into account, yeah, basically. We could advantage a lot from watching movie 
from watching movies as long as we learn or take something good from the movie and follow it, okay? After a while, I was like, yeah, no wonder adventure became the most popular or the most demanded genre of all times. They are close at the heart of human being. Alright, so, enough of life talks, I guess. I'm sorry that I always go in depth when talking about things. They always start with light talks and ended up being a motivational life talk. Okay, but before that, I would love to give credits to other movie genres that have been diligently cheering us all up. Like I've mentioned, some of them are elements of the adventure movies, such as comedies, romance, horror, thriller, and many more. If I were being asked to choose between those elements, I would go for movie uh, for comedy movies specifically. My best favorite comedy movie of all times would be Legally Blonde. No doubt about that. The movie was a big hit and it gave me a good laughing throughout the movie. It was inspiring and I learned new life lessons that would be beneficial for future use. So basically, if you ever feel like doubting yourself on, or you feel bad about yourself, especially girls, okay, no, I'm not trying to be a feminist here, but the main character was played by Reese Witherspoon and she's a lady herself. So I highly recommend you to go ahead and watch this movie. Okay, guys can also watch because it's an inspiring movie. So it has, and it also has a sequel, but it wasn't as good as the first one. So trust me and have a watch on this movie. It has all the wow factors that is in your mind. I'm not going to spill it to you guys. And for those who have watched and love it, we could totally be besties. When people are asking on why do I choose comedy, I'll say that there's no specific reason exactly. But honestly, watching comedy movies are great for our hearts, especially when you have a good love from them. Comedy movies have a knack in helping us to cope with stress as well. In fact, according to some scientists, laughing has been proven its ability to boost our immune system and decrease the hormones associated with stress. Moreover, researchers found that laughing at a film caused our blood vessels to dilate by 22%, which lowers our blood pressure. So no worries on blood pressure, just go ahead and enjoy comedy movies. It is real, but if you really have a pretty high blood pressure, don't wait for laughing on movies, just take your meds, alright? Okay, before I ramble too much, it's better for us to head to my favourite part, which is favourite movies, okay? So, based on the responses, some of them said that their favourite movie is Crazy Rich Asians. I mean, who doesn't love Crazy Rich Asians, right? It's one of my favorite movies, too. For those who don't know, Crazy Rich Asians is a novel-based movie. The romantic comedy novel was written by Kevin Kwan. I've read the novel beforehand, and even the sequels in one go. That's just like how crazy addicted I was to the storyline. The movie is just as good as the novel. Even better, I would say. No doubt that in October 2018, it became the highest grossing romantic comedy of the last 10 years and the sixth highest grossing ever. It got a line of brilliant cast as well. There are so many excellent actors in it like Michelle Yeoh, Gemma Chan, or Gemma Chan, is it Gemma or Gemma? Gemma Chan, and of course, there is the hottie Henry Golding as the lead actor. He's super dang hot, and he portrayed the character Nick Young excellently in the movie. My heart skip, skips a bit for him. But, oops, sorry, guys. Sorry, girls. He's married, okay? Okay, guys. Other than that, if you're familiar with the comedy show Fresh Off the Boat, then you would probably be chanting that the lead actress Constant, Constance Wu is no joke for real. She's elegant and charming. She's just like the right fit for Rachel Wu in the movie. Okay, like before I'm tethering too much over the production info, it's better for me to get straight to the movie itself. Alright, so like for one hopeless romantic like me, I would say that it's a pretty good romantic comedy movie. 
Just like what I've imagined in the novel. For those who haven't yet, and to Arisha, who said that she's not yet hooked to this movie, I'm just going to spill a bit for you guys about the movie. So basically, the movie is what it's, the movie is what its title holds. Crazy Rich Asians. The character Nick Young, as I've mentioned before, played by Henry Golding, happens to be Singapore's most eligible bachelor, but lives a different life in America with his girlfriend, Rachel Chu, played by Constance Wu. They both work as professors in America and live a humble but happy life there. The thing is that Rachel didn't knew much about Nick's family background, but she envisions a humble family that she could grow fond of. Little did she knew that the decent man he's together with has, has such a hectic life in, back in Singapore. His childhood home looks like a palace, and he grew up riding in more private planes than cars. It was until Nick's best friend's wedding that everything came to a revelation. They both went back to Singapore together for the wedding, and unfortunately, Nick didn't prepare her girlfriend for family intros. While Rachel was in the process in getting to know his boy, her boyfriend's family, a lot of incidents happened. She went into an obstacle course of all money, new money, nosy relatives, and scheming social climbers. Her mother-in-law to be Eleanor Young was concerned about the difference in their family status. She was raised. She the she I meant was Rachel Chu. That she was raised by a single mother, which is always being looked down in Asia. It in Asia, it's totally a problem, and. And I don't know why exactly. So Eleanor, Eleanor was worried that Nick's grandmother wouldn't accept Rachel. So she recounts the sacrifices she made to become a part of the young family, and and Nick's jabs at Rachel for her American for her American background. She tells Rachel that she will never be enough for Nick or his family. Since after that goes a long way in Rachel trying to gain the family's trust and give up at some point. There are parts where Rachel got bullied by scheming social clouds during a bachelorette party with the mentality on where the heck did Nick Young choose her, chose her over them, take rich hotties when she was when she has nothing much to brag about. And there are other parts showing how Rachel wanted to create the relationship due to pressure and the part of her where she wanted him to stay with his mother and how Nick Young was utterly frustrated and gloomy because of their sudden breakup. He constantly tried to reach for Rachel and even convince his mother. He, persuade, he persuaded his mother like a lot. So after some ups and downs of talking and Eleanor Young meeting Rachel Wu for the last time, Nick Young finally proposes to Rachel with Eleanor's ring as a sign of her blessings. And the ending of the movie was that Rachel accepted the proposal. And yeah, I could say that the, the ending of the movie was pretty good and better compared to the novel. Since the novel left me hanging and made me want more content, so yeah, there are some highlights. Um, there are some there are some highlights I could share with you guys. But if you want to know more about it, you guys could really just go and watch it. It's totally worth it. It gives a good vibes overall. It has romance, comedy, family bonding, and and even some good fashion styles. The exclusivity vibes are just awesome, and it's not cliche. So you guys must watch this if you haven't yet. But if you have, go on repeat until you vomit. Okay? So, like, the last but not least would be my personal experience regarding movies. It has been exhilarating and fun. There was one time when I went to the movies with a bunch of friends. And one of them literally brought, like, a bulky school bag. And I asked, why did he bring it? And his answer was... Hilarious. At least it's hilarious at a point of time. He literally sneaked in a blanket into the cinema that was in the back, like the blanket that was in the back, because he said it's gonna be so cool. And I said that, bro, chill. 
chill, okay? Chill a bit. It's not gonna be as good as you would think. And lastly, do you know where the blanket ended up? It ended up with me. Because I'm just I'm just gonna admit it that it was utterly cold at that time, that day. No joke. I've never felt so cold in a cinema my whole life. But that moment just hit me hard. My friends laugh at me. Because I teased the blanket owner, owner like a lot in the past, in the first place. Like a lot in the first place. And the blanket ended up being my savior. Okay, so there's also another time that I'm going to share with you guys. That my another time in my life. So that when I was in boarding school, they used to have Jumu'ah prayers during Maghrib and Isha. And straight to preparation classes after that. Uh, everyone is obliged to follow the rules. Being the mischievous me, I skipped them and stayed in my hostel room like at least twice or thrice a week. But I still pray in the room, okay? But guys, please don't skip your Jum'ah prayers. Alright, so alright. Continuing, me and my friends would always watch movies during the hour. And there's always gonna be spot checks by wardens and prefects. I guess I was a prefect as well back then. Oh my god, how naughty I was. It was crazy. The spot checks were intense. There are times that they would check under the bed and many other popular spots in the room. So when the spot when those spot checks are being done right, my friends and I would always find spots to hide uh, while watching the movies. We always constantly like watching horror movies. Though it's it's so dark in the room. We would be in lockers or under the bed or behind the locker doors because, yeah, we were so immature back then. Fortunately, we repetitively didn't get caught because we're so good at it. We are like pros. (laughs) But honestly, it was a good experience whenever I think about it back. But do you remember that it's bad to violate school rules, especially when it involves religious practices? The things I've shared was just like personal experience. Okay, I've encountered in life. So guys, do be better in life and take good examples from others. Idealize only the good stuff and take the bad stuff into mind as a lesson so that you won't repeat it in the future. Alright, so that's it, I guess, for me. Okay. Hi guys, Shahira here. So let us move to the next question that we received. Movies or drama? Which one is better? This is indeed a very interesting question to discuss. So thank you for the one who asking. Let us start with some definition first. Just in case anyone confuses the two. No, not really definition but let us take a look at the differences between TV series and movies. The biggest general difference is the duration of the show. The duration of a movie is usually between 90 minutes and more than 2 hours. Meanwhile, the drama or series per episode averages only about 1 hour. The quality of the stories in movies is usually better than drama or series. Other than that, drama actors are usually artists who are not very popular, even though they are also those who dare to install top artists. While movies often choose actors who are already seasoned in order to boost their sales. TV series or drama is format to last a while and tell a story over an extended period of time. On the other hand, a movie is supposed to tell a story in around 2 hours. So for every show, there's a plot and a hero journey to be developed. For example, let us take a crime story. In a crime series or a drama, there are murder per episode, the main character always solve it, they face some struggle but always get it done in the end. We also get a peek at their life and relationships, so we come back for more. Maybe they introduce some big body to make drama for the characters and give small pieces of it to build up for a season finale that drags fan back after the break. If it were a movie, we would need a bigger villain, a more complex character, with way more zap who really puts the hero to a test. 
Then the hero needs to go through some big journey, face their fear, grow as a person, have great difficulties and face the villain in an epic battle or confrontation. I think that is enough for the differences, so movies or drama. In your opinion, which one is better? For me, it depends. Please don't hit me. I am under the impression that almost all of my answers start with it depends. But what do you expect with such a vogue question? TV series are not better in every aspect than movies. The opposite isn't true either. However, TV shows are better in some aspect, in my opinion. The length of a TV series allows the creation and development of character with a depth that will never be possible in a movie. Movie lasts two hours maybe, then where did the characters go? I watch TV series, drama, for someone else to tell me a story and for me to go along on the ride. They are deeply personal to me. When a show can or is cancelled or when a character dies, I care. It means something to me. The show and its character become a part of my daily life and reality. They are real to me because I spend so much time with them. When I finish a series, I feel sad that I have to leave those characters. Some of which are almost like my friends. In fact, sometimes I delete watching the last or the second last episode of the series just because I don't want it to end just yet. Please tell me I am not the only one. Additionally, I like the ability to have longer, more in-depth plot lines. One that lasts a few episodes, a season, or even longer. I like watching shows where it pushes you to think and re-examine your own life and thought based on what is happening in the show. That can hard to come by in a movie or a series of movies. For the storyline, there are advantages too. The length of a TV show allows a better development of alternative storylines and scenaristic detour both of which enable the creation of a more profound and complete universe. Moreover, the splitted nature of a TV show create natural chapters, which when used well, make the show more enjoyable by creating artificial suspense and rhythm. But there are something that will always be easier to find in movies. The amount of thinking and the work on the writing is higher in a movie, allowing the creation of beautiful concepts that will not be viable in TV shows. Besides, regardless of how much time was needed to create a concept, some are just not viable in a series format. Can you imagine a TV show that people enjoy for the same kind of reason that people enjoy the usual suspect? Are the Ocean Eleven? Movies create some of the most intense and the director has a lot to do. We can truly see the power of the director through a movie. On the other hand, by looking at audience reaction, TV show creator raise the bar of creativity to match the expectation and competition across other channels. But if a movie becomes successful, Film studios make sequels with deteriorating storyline just to make more money. Movies have a fixed genre or combination of two to three genre. So if you like a particular genre and watch a movie from your last preferred genre, chances are you will not like it. But TV shows, given the amount of time and character background they have, can change this view. All in all, I love TV series much more than movies because of the lack. I love the fact that the story is not over in 90 minutes, it goes on and I get to know the character of the show much better than I ever could with a character in a movie. I follow their everyday life and join them in their ups and downs. We cry together. 
we laugh together we sing and dance together we fight together and we enjoy our life together TV series or drama get you attached because you're tuning in each week. You begin to form an almost personal bond with the characters. You get attached to the plot and you get and you get to see the character progress and transform as the series continues. Movies provide that feeling too. But they have to pack everything into an hour or two while while TV shows get to take their time with it. Even so, a movie maybe tell you the story in a short time, but for some of it, you will remember for your whole life. Right? So the answer is, it depends. It all comes down to what you prefer and what you're looking for. Personally, I'm a TV shows kind of guy, but it does not mean that I do not enjoy a good movie from time to time. And I certainly cannot say that TV shows are better. I will go with TV series or drama on this one. And just like growing with the characters. Mm, next, we received this question that is, do you guys have any interesting story that happened when you guys were watching movies or TV shows? So, interesting story that happened when I was watching movies. There is one time where I went to cinema with my friends and we were watching horror movies. Then one of my friends was so scared that he actually shout and yelled. I would not see a few times because it is quite a lot. Some of the audience in the theater also keep looking backward at us because he shouted so loud. There is also a part during the climax of the movie that my friend actually sat on the floor because he cannot stand it anymore. This is such an amazing experience and we still talk about it whenever we see him. And not to forget, he is the one who chose the movies and asked us to join him. I mean, the audacity. Talking about an interesting story, I remember the first time I watched Radiates. It is on TV3 channel. My sister forced me to watch it along with my father and convinced us that it is good. So I watched the movie and it turned out to be so great. And I'm impressed. So I rewatched it again. Then I found it so funny, so inspirational. So I watched it again, again, and again. I am not as exaggerating, but seriously, I have watched Three Idiots more than 100 times. I watch it almost every day back then and until now I watch it at least once a month. I don't know why. I guess you can say that I'm obsessed with it. And yes, I do remember every lines, every song lyrics. I can understand the movie without the subtitles. And in fact I can remember the subtitle as well. I have the song like All Is and other song in my MP3. I am so attached to it. During this lockdown, there is also a video that going around that shows the actors now. And I am so sad they are old already. And it makes me want to cry. I guess I just love the movie so much. That brings us to the next part. When I was scrolling the responses we received from the Google form, I came across, across the movie Three Idiots at the second question where we asked our audience to drop their favorite movies. And I was so excited. I was on cloud nine. So I did some research and Three Idiots is the only Indian film to feature and top in the list of most watched movies among other masterpieces like The Dark Knight, Avengers Infinity War, Inception, Mary's Story, The Platform, To All the Boys I've Loved Before. Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse and Train to Busan. Even after a decade, Three Idiot is the movie which one can watch anytime for its good humor and storyline. The movie expressed a lot of appreciation, also gave up a strong message to viewers regarding the current world. So let us go through some reason on why Three Idiots have such a great impact to the audience.
firstly all is well the character in this movie my favorite rancho dah shamal dah chanted taught us well that encouraging ourselves amidst being in fear is a good choice however it does not mean that everything will be fine as soon as possible rancho called it a trick to a mind he said human tends to get scared very easily you need to trick your mind no matter what the problem always tell yourself that all is well as he stated that through it we get the courage to face the problem all is well it might only be written in three words but the inspiration it hold is great next real meaning of education throughout the movie rancho taught us that education is not supposed to create machine who memorize lesson without understanding it he said it is important that one must understand the meaning as well what is the point of blindly cramming a bookish definition aside from that this film also tackle mental health awareness many students are so pressured to the point that they do not enjoy the process at all there are those who simply follow what they are told to do so when they feel they really get in so much pain just imagine how great would it be if the student can enjoy what they are doing when they can feel the excitement and fun while working on the things they are supposed to finish without the pressure the third point is encouragement to follow your heart rancho is a type of man who always try to encourage others it flatters my heart hearing him to say to his friend to follow their heart and follow their talent he even said that if there is a fear for the future how would a person enjoy the present there are people who wanted to take another program in college but they could not there are also those individual who want another profession but it remains untold rancho taught us to pursue what our hearts want and what our skill is for through this even if the process will be tough we can still find joy in the middle talk about it with your parents if you can try to show perseverance still be respectful while telling them about your true feelings remember what farhan convinced his parents with that it may give him small amount of money but it will make him genuinely happy while he helps them the movie also teach us to be kind to everyone no matter how close we are to someone or no matter how much we know in certain we will never know about someone's struggle so be kind being kind sympathetic and understanding are three things we should not forget in life things and money can be replaced however a life cannot be replaced by anything definition of true success follow excellence and success will chase you around your shape it may have not been said in words in the movie but it taught us that chasing success is not how our life supposed to be instead we need to follow excellence do what makes us happy never waste opportunity to apply what we learn in life then success will simply follow us so live a life that is worthy enjoy and has a purpose or meaning Success is not about what you visibly hold on your hands. Other than that, the entertaining and meaningful musical theme caught our audience attention as well as the cinematography. You can notice the capability and talent of those behind it. I may not be really knowledgeable about it, but I really appreciate the cinematography which is not just pleasing but also holds meaning great plot twist the plot twist of three idiots are what you should also anticipate for especially the last one as viewers i really think that it helps in delivering the message and lessons to viewers at the end it will surely help you reflect in life what is life for why am i doing this and that is there a purpose lying on my action and so on Moreover, all the leads including the supporting actor and actress are really talented and good in acting. Their acting skill are so effective to the point that they can make a viewer laugh, cry, feel motivated, reflect in life and making sure that the life lesson of this film reach the audience heart. 
see for yourself and I hope you will enjoy I love it too. I highly recommend watching She Idiot. It is available on Netflix and other side as well. So why not give it a try? The admiring friendship of the lead's character, the understanding of each other member feelings and decision, the dedication in studying and others, this will surely hook your heart up. So that is the end of our episode. We hope you get something from this episode and enjoy it. Don't forget to tune in for our next episode. Thank you so much and have a great day. Bye.